You are listening to the recording of a live show. Please do not call or text, as this is a recording, and lines are now closed. In the name of Allah, the Almighty, the most gracious, ever merciful. Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. A warm welcome to the breakfast show here at the Voice of Islam studios. Uh, you are joined by me, Usman Manan, and my brother, Daniel Ahmed. And today is Thursday, and it's uh, 7 o'clock, 7 or 8. And uh, as always, we have uh, some very interesting topics to discuss today, uh, as well as the news uh, overlook. Uh, in terms of the uh, two segments, which we usually cover in the first segment, we will be going out of this world and we will be talking about space. Uh, and it's in specific, if uh, is our solar system a void in the universe and if the universe is expanding? The second segment, which we will be talking about around uh, 8.15ish, um, will be about religious to tolerance and um, how important is it to have religious dialogue and uh, um, you know talks about peace especially in these current times where uh, many wars and many um, you know other issues are happening yep. so assalamu alaikum uh, how are you today um, peace be upon you Daniel how are you doing this morning peace be on you as well alhamdulillah I'm doing well um, it's always great uh, to come here and uh, present so on this I think this is my second time presenting with you so inshallah it will be really great yes definitely <laughs> how's your um, drive this morning how's, how's how's the morning uh how's the weather outside uh it's not uh, it's not really um uh, i think it's kind of very mild weather um not really hot and no, not really uh, cold so it's mm. really good yeah. yes usually it's it's i mean it's uh it's, it's the new year kind of this is it's supposed to be you know the colder time of the year whereas uh it, it hasn't be been this cold especially especially in the new years as well the, um, yeah. on the at the night of uh, you know new year's eve and also um the past couple of days and you're never gonna know what's gonna happen in the next uh week or next day you never know. This is London. Yeah. <laughs> this is London for you guys. Yeah, I was speaking to someone yesterday. Uh, I had some uh, guests over from Canada, mm -hmm. and uh, they said, "Oh, the, the weather here is so lovely." You know, uh, <laughs> apart from the rain and and the gloomy, uh, you know, horizon of London, yeah. uh, it's actually quite warm. And uh, we said that, um, you know, we I mean, we we even we can't predict the weather of London. You don't know. Maybe yeah. after two three weeks, uh, it will start snowing. <laughs> yep. And, uh, you know, after a long time, I saw yesterday that it was sunny and it was probably like after a month or two, I saw um, uh, sun out of uh, after the clouds. So, you know, it's kind of um, hopeful. We are hopeful that it's going to get better. Um, gonna, we would like to see the sun as well. And also we would like to see some cold weather as well. If you like cold weather, Osman, do you like it? Oh, I hate the cold. I hate winter. Mm -hmm. Like, I despise it. I don't know why <laughs> winter exists. Yeah, I know the reason behind it. <laughs> okay, anyways, now let's move on to the news. As always, we will start with the newspaper headlines. So, <clears throat> with the 
with his head in his hand and the winner's trophy in the foreground, a picture of Darts star Luke Littler makes the front of Thursday's Times. The 16-year-old came up just short in a nail-biting PDC World Darts Championship final against Luke Humphreys. His image dominates many of the other um, many of the other front pages too. The Times lead story focuses on a statement issued by 12 countries including the UK and United States warning Houthis rebels in uh, Yemen against attacks on shipping in the Red Sea. The group has carried out more than 20 attacks on commercial routes since November. These have the potential to cause serious disruption to to, uh, to global supply chains. Mm-hmm. In what might be the pick of the Luke Littler uh, headlines, the mirror had the mirror leads with uh, dart breaker. The paper leads on his loss, saying he fought like a lion, but rival uh, Luke twenty eight was too too strong. The Guardian's <clears throat> lead is the industrial action being taken by junior doctors who are staging a historical six-day stoppage. The paper reports comments by BMA leaders who have cautioned there could be more strike again, uh, strike action ahead, something which leaves Rishi Sunak facing fresh pressure over his pledge to reduce NHS waiting times. Two bomb attacks in the Iranian city of Kerman, which killed more than 95 people, also make the front of the paper with it, saying the attacks further heighten tension in the increasingly volatile Middle East. Mm-hmm. The Iranian blast also features on the front of the Financial Times, which reports uh, the country has vowed retribution. It reports that no specific group or country has been blamed for the attack. A report about unspent money earned, earmarked for the building of hundreds of thousands of new homes in England also features on the front. Based on the information obtained from a Freedom of Information request, the paper reveals that just £1.3 billion of the £4.2 billion uh, houses infrastructure fund has been spent, with most of that happening in 2021 and 2022. And international news also makes the front of the i-newspaper. Its focus, uh, it focuses on the uh, uh, potential Donald Trump victory in the US presidential election later this year. It carries comments from three of Britain's most experienced diplomats who caution there could be major defense concerns if Trump withdraws U.S. troops for Ukraine and pulls out of NATO. Mm-hmm. This week has seen some of the major lenders dropping the interest rate or homeowners moving on to a new fixed rate and deal can expect to pay. The Daily Mail reports comments from analysts that the falling loan cost would deliver a much-needed boost to Tory Paul Hobbs by helping to ease household finances. The Daily Telegraph's lead focuses on comments by former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who has condemned a metropolitan, a metropolitan police investigation into Israel over alleged war crimes in Gaza. The Met Police has a role in supporting the International Criminal Court, which is investigating alleged war crimes in Israel and Palestine from June 2014 onward. Mm-hmm. Esther Ranson's battle to help the helpline she founded for lonely older people is the lead in the Daily Express. The Metro is leading on the aftermath of Storm Hank, 
with an interview with a couple who saved a mother and her child as their car was swept away by the water. Liam Steich uh, and his partner Tia Draper talking about their quick thinking after seeing a hatchback sinking in a river. Mm-hmm. And finally, the Daily Star is warning that psycho chatbots are killing planet Earth with a story focused on the amount of water which will be used to help the machines answer inane questions. Thank you. Very interesting. We'll take a very short break and we will be discussing some of the news and stay with us. Uh, if you have anything to share with us during our show, please call us on 020-8687-7878. And if you don't want to speak to us, then at least uh, drop us a tweet at Voice of Islam UK. Uh, it would be lovely to hear from you. We'll be back shortly. Listening that the Holy Prophet said, If a believer were to know the punishment in hell, none would have the audacity to aspire for paradise, but he would earnestly desire to be rescued from hell. And if a non-believer were to know what is there with Allah as a mercy, none would have been disappointed in regard to paradise. A new station, the Voice of Islam, with live discussions, Religion and culture understand the true teachings of Islam with the voice of Islam. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon you. Welcome back. We are discussing uh, um, the, du- the news. <coughs> Sorry about that. We are discussing the news with uh, me, Usman Manan, and my uh, brother here, Daniel Ahmed. So, Daniel, we went through the you know the headlines and. Um, um, one surprising thing was this uh, 16-year-old winning the darts championship. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, Very amazing. there is also some news about Storm Hank, which has been causing trouble. There has been a, um, I think we, people have covered this on our show already. Um, there oh. was a storm uh, in London as well. Very windy. Uh, but if we go over to Iran and uh, the blast that happened, uh, you know, nearly killed a hundred people. This is a very uh, 
it's quite a big number for you know an, an initial statement to be to be you know to be honest usually when uh, things like this happen hmm. uh, you see that uh, they say oh many people injured but only few casualties but a hundred people have been uh, probably instantly killed in this um, explosion in Iran um, so what do you have to say about that um, first of all um, uh, our thoughts and prayers of those who have been killed or martyred um in the um you know um you say that uh, it is a really um heinous attack uh which shouldn't take place at uh first instance but for example if it happened uh we should be helping those uh mm. the families and the relatives of the people who have been killed or martyred and um because you know um just just see that for example if any any of your relative or brother or sister or mother or father just go sick you get really worried about their health and yeah. but for example if if a person uh, or relative of yours have, has been martyred or killed um the impact is huge uh, yeah, it might be a long lasting, mm. but you know, that's why, um, in Islam, the essence of Islam is that you should try to pay the due rights of Allah Almighty and try to pay the due rights of uh, His creation as well. And uh, we should, you know, try yeah, to help exactly. those people. Yes, our initial response is always, you know, the same. I mean, Islam is a religion mm. of peace. Um, uh, I'm not sure <clears throat> if this was an attack or just an explosion. Um, I don't but think anyways, this is yeah, confirmed yet. But regardless, um, um, it's just you know it has been it that our minds have been kind of mm. um, even though it's not a good thing have been kind of molded that if there is a blast somewhere in the Middle East, it's most likely an attack. That's mm, that's yeah. that's the thinking of it. And um, but anyways, um, I mean, uh, ninety five people at least ninety five uh, CNN reports that at least ninety five people were killed uh, on Wednesday. Mm. Uh, this happened in the Iranian Iranian city of uh, Kerman, um, and the blast, at least uh, one of which was caused by a bomb, uh, State TV said, came on the fourth anniversary of Soleimani's death mm. um, um, in in a U.S. airstrike and threatens to accelerate tensions in the region that have spiked since the start of, uh, you know, the Israel and Hamas war. Mm. Um, the Iranian health minister. Um, he revised the death toll down to 95 from 103 uh, this Thursday, actually, this morning. And he said that 211 people had been injured, according to Iran's state-run news agency, IRNA. And some of the injured are in critical condition, and there is a possibility of the death toll rising. Mm. Um, you know, like I said, in the, the initial death toll, which is usually given, is um, unfortunately lower than it... it um, turns out to be later hmm. and uh, you know that this was a really big explosion as well the first explosion was um 700 meters uh, from Soleimani's grave hmm. <clears throat> and, i remember uh, that i read this news yesterday and it was saying that this is the biggest blast after 1979 yeah definitely i mean a hundred people dying yeah uh, you know they haven't seen any blast like like 40 or 50 years hmm. yes iran hmm. has been you know a, a place of tension but uh, yeah. even in in a in um, in a place, uh, in even in, in such circumstances, this is a huge 
huge blast and very very uh, unfortunate but see you that know? you know uh, human life has a sanctity in itself mm. and you should you know uh, care about that you should have compassion for your fellow human human beings and uh, i you know um it just come to my mind that allah almighty has you know um gave us a very beautiful um prayer in the holy quran that one who dies you should say that inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi rajiun that surely we belong to allah and surely we will we will return to him and uh, we should always remember that he is the creator he is the almighty who has created us and he has a he has the right to take a life back Mm. and um, yes i know we are human being and uh, uh, we have you know uh, a very deep and strong connection with other human and fellow or fellow beings especially with our relatives and we can mourn but we should mourn in a very you know uh, in a very peaceful uh, and way and in a very humbling way which you know which uh, in the end you are able to please uh, god almighty so mm-hmm. these are the factors these are the you know um things which we need to keep in our mind and uh, we should bear in in mind yeah so uh, um as we were saying earlier as well that <clears throat> there's no i mean no group has still uh, mm-hmm. taken responsibility for this attack but uh, the iran's supreme leader ayatollah ali uh, khamenei he warned on uh, on x you know formerly known as twitter mm-hmm. that iran will have a harsh response uh, they addressing the israeli people there so uh, iran is blaming this attack on israel and uh, they said that they should know that the bright soldiers of the path of zalimani will not tolerate their wickedness and crimes so i mean they already have someone in the mind um even though there hasn't been any confirmations yet <clears throat> and um uh the the, the iran's president mm. ibrahim raisi um again he blamed israel for this explosion and he said that i will i warn the zionist regime do not doubt that you will pay a heavy price for this crime and the uh, the crimes you have committed uh, rezi said in a televised speech from tehran um rezi who is the head of the iranian government warned that israel's punishment will be regrettable and severe so very you know very very strong action mm. and strong words against this and very you know he's making it very clear that um I mean, I mean the things are getting very tense as well because we have seen that um, the Ukraine Russia war and mm-hmm. then um the conflict between Israel and Palestine and then this and the political tension is getting worse and worse again and it's you know only adding things more yeah and we should side, always if, if from the Yemen side there is the the Houthis or the Houthis yeah. um they have started attacking And but I think is it Houthis or Houthis or what what's the pronunciation I think um I think it's Houthis I, I, I don't know <laughs> I don't know to be honest it's just uh, I've, I've been reading Houthis so Houthis or Houthis um the Yemeni Houthis um anyway so um yeah we should is, pray for the security and peace of the global yes no world, doubt yeah no doubt definitely so the, the best thing we can do as as his holiness uh, the head of the Hamdiya Muslim community has been Uh, you know advising us the whole world and also himself has been mm. praying he has been praying and uh, you know and, um he has reminded us again and again in multiple consecutive friday sermons yeah. to pray especially for the palestinian people because obviously that is um you know kind of the highlight of the, of the world at the moment 
Mm. But um, Holiness has mentioned this regarding everything the the, uh, the Ukraine Russia war, the Palestine war, um, even the wars and you know um, uh, um, political issues yeah. which have been having happening before as well. So prayer is one thing, um, and you know I think the strongest thing that we can do, uh, apart from the other uh, supports. But uh, if you go other uh, over to the to the other side of the world in Japan. Mm. Oh, another sad news there was a huge earthquake um i think it was about 7.5 or 7.8 on the and there was also a warning for tsunami scale. as well afterwards yes but and i've seen some videos there there was a tsunami as well i thought um, that that's a very you know like uh, many years ago that happened mm-hmm. that i think i believe it like um that video specific is from a decade ago It's possible. Uh, people, man, I mean, somebody, whoever it was, about twenty twenty four, very big yeah. on top. Or maybe it was it was edited or something. Old, yeah. Really. Uh, but nevertheless, it it it. What happened is that um, uh, a fire broke out when the New Year's Day earthquake hit mm. and spread instantly, incinerating the wooden stalls and some surrounding homes, um, in the town as well. Uh, this has uh, hampered the rescue efforts. The search team, uh, with sniffer dogs, arrived in Wajima. Mm-hmm. Um, just hours um, after this um, happened, uh, one of the residents over there, Keiko Kato, she uh, ran to get, uh, she ran to greet the rescue workers, and her husband's relatives were trapped inside of the house, and she believed um, his 95-year-old aunt, aunt, her niece, and her daughter. She had not heard from them since the quake, and had already searched most of the evacuation centers in vain. But the house was so destroyed; the dog could not go deep enough in, and uh, the team had to move on. Um, there will be so many, you know, horrific stories. Um, so this earthquake basically happened um, on on the west side, on the west Ooh. coast of Japan. Um, it is uh, kind of the opposite from where Tokyo is. Tokyo Ooh. is on the east coast. Um, but yes, you you did mention that uh, there was a tsunami warning. Um, which is very interesting, like you know, because Japan is very, very prone to earthquakes. They have, like, yeah. uh, I think the, I, I assume and I hope they have the best, you know, a tsunami defense uh, tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, because obviously over there, earthquakes and tsunamis are very, very common. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the, the one you mentioned, which happened a few years ago, yeah, uh, yeah the, many, many years ago, yeah, huge tsunami which killed many, many people. I think after that, they uh, probably have taken. Uh, No, even precautions more, as well, even yeah. more precautions regarding this. So anyway, well, Osman, have you made any any New Year's resolution? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, not really, not really. I I, I do make some resolutions sometimes, mm. but uh, the next day they're gone. Uh, <laughs> I have made one resolution. Um, I was I just actually on New Year's. Um, I did a show with uh, the other Daniel. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniel, Daniel Zatia, yeah, and um. um We did talk about some resolutions as well, and um, um, Mr. Kayum was there as well, a very prominent presenter on the on the Voice of Islam radio. Uh, yeah, so uh, one of the, I mean, I can tell you one of the resolutions um, Brother Kayum made. He said that we um, he will not stop talking about Palestine this year mm-hmm. because, as you can tell from the news as well, yeah, that the you know the news is kind of dying out, but the people and the suffering in Palestine is not stopping. Hmm. And I think that was a very, um, very brave thing to say. Well, we need to keep thing. raising our voices for regarding this issue. Yeah, it's really important mm-hmm. because it's not something as I have mentioned before that human life has a sanctity as well. 
and um, you know if for example living here you know we see that people um, look after the animals so much and they take care like the, their own children so the human life should have much more sanctity uh, than the animals and uh, we should keep this um, specific point in our minds and uh, mm. yeah so but again as as you know his holiness is amazing sura ahmed and may allah his help he mentioned i mean he made it very clear which is obvious but you know he made he made it very very clear that these politicians uh, don't rely on them they are there for their mm. own benefit when it suits them they will go and help palestine when it suits them they will side with israel and uh, this has been the case i mean since uh, Firstly, they have their own vested interest, and um, we have seen this this thing from the beginning of uh, like from probably uh, Greek time, um, <laughs> yeah, maybe even before that. <laughs> But that's always been the case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I I need I think I need to look into uh, what do you need to you know get like a political degree in, in politics or something. Mm. What do you study? I mean, how how uh, seriously? How like um, Uh, I'm going to have to say it but how stupid can you be to not see that, that there's mass killing of so many people and you need an immediate ceasefire so what is there to discuss there's nothing to discuss because the only time you can discuss something is mm. once the ceasefire has takes place people have time to settle in they can you know uh, divert attention from uh, saving themselves from dying to it, to to speaking to speaking to people i believe they know that everybody everybody knows that what's right and wrong the thing is that um they have set their own priorities and uh, their own political gains so that's the thing um, you know which is stopping them or is the hurdle between um their goals no doubt uh, thank you daniel thank you for this um news as well um mm, yeah. now we're going to take a short break and uh, it's time to start uh, with the first segment which is about um the um space um uh, expanding universe and is our solar system void in the universe mm-hmm. and you know the universe is expand- expanding constantly but the measure of this expansion varies and the question arises as to which measure is correct and why others fail so we'll be discussing this after a short break uh, again a reminder give us a call speak to us um any comments uh, anything you want to share call us on 020-8687-7878 or drop us a tweet at voice of islam uk we would really really appreciate um talking to you uh if you have any questions whatever it is give us a call or drop us a tweet we will be back after a short break ashhadu 
Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Life of Muhammad, peace be upon him. High moral qualities. Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, was always very patient in adversity. He was never discouraged by adverse circumstances, nor did he permit any personal desire to get a hold over him. It has been related that his father had died before his birth, and his mother died while he was still a little child. Up to the age of eight, he was in the guardianship of his grandfather, and after the latter's death, he was taken care of by his uncle, Abu Talib, both on account of natural affection and also because he had been specially admonished in that behalf by his father. Abu Talib always watched over his nephew with care and indulgence, but his wife was not affected by these considerations to the same degree. It often happened that she would distribute something among her own children, leaving out their little cousin. If Abu Talib chanced to come into the house, on such an occasion, he would find his little nephew sitting apart, a perfect picture of dignity, and without a trace of sulkiness or grievance on his face. The uncle, yielding to the claims of affection and recognizing his responsibility, would run to the nephew, clasp him to his bosom and cry out, Do pay attention to this child of mine also. Do pay attention to this child of mine also. Such incidents were not uncommon, and those who were witnesses to them were unanimous in their testimony that the young Muhammad, peace be upon him, never gave any indication that he was in any way affected by them, or that he was in any sense jealous of his cousins. Later in life, when he was in a position to do so, he took upon himself the care and upbringing of two of his uncle's sons, Ali, peace be upon him, and Jafir, peace be upon him, and discharged this responsibility in the most excellent manner. The Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, throughout his life, had to encounter a succession of bitter experiences. He was born an orphan, his mother died while he was still a small child, and he lost his grandfather at the age of eight years. After marriage, he had to bear the loss of several children, one after the other, and then his beloved and devoted wife, Khadija, died. Some of the wives he married after Khadija's death died during his lifetime, and towards the close of his life, he had to bear the loss of his son, Ibrahim. He bore all these losses and calamities cheerfully, and none of them affected in the least degree either his high resolve or the urbanity of his disposition. His private sorrows never found vent in public, and he always met everybody with a benign countenance and treated all alike with uniform benevolence. On one occasion, he observed a woman who had lost a child, occupied in loud mourning, over her child's grave. He admonished her to be patient and to accept God's will as supreme. The woman did not know that she was being addressed by the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and replied, If you had ever suffered the loss of a child as I have, you would have realized how difficult it is to be patient under such an affliction. The Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, observed, I have suffered the loss not of one, but of seven children, and passed on, except when he referred to his own losses or misfortunes in this indirect manner. He never cared to dwell upon them, nor did he permit them in any manner to interfere with his unceasing service to mankind and his cheerful sharing of their burdens. Writings of the Promised Messiah When a hot-tempered person is provoked and punishes a child, he takes on the role of an enemy in the stress of his anger and imposes punishment far in excess of the wrong which has been done. 
an individual with self-respect and control over himself, who is also forbearing and dignified, has the right to correct a child to a certain extent as the occasion demands, or seek to guide the child. But a wrathful and hot-headed person, who is easily provoked, is not fit to be a guardian of children. I wish that instead of punishing children, parents would have recourse to prayer and should make it a habit to supplicate earnestly for their children, for the supplications of parents on behalf of their children meet with special acceptance. Listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Assalamualaikum, peace be upon everyone. Welcome back um, here at the Breakfast Show from the Voice of Islam Studios. We are going to start our first segment uh, after the news. It's time to leave this world. Uh, the first segment is about. <laughs> we are going out of this. Um, atmosphere we are going a little bit into this into the space and uh, we'll be discussing you know as i mentioned earlier that the universe um which has been proven by science is constantly expanding and uh which is which is a scary thing um as, as so a few uh, scientists speak about this that they were asked what is the most scary thing about space and one of them said that uh, it is i mean so it's the biggest kind of understanding we have in terms of space the biggest thing and it is constantly expanding and it is expanding so fast that it is you can't believe it as as a human being we can't imagine that uh, literally in one second the universe increases i think hundreds of times it's its size at the moment or initially and uh, i mean this is the this is a scary thing and um we we are obviously trying to explore space um <laughs> the furthest we made it i think is to the moon which is uh, you know right here and uh, there's also like small fun fact that we can i think with our eyes we can uh, probably observe less than 5% of the universe which is you know not su- surprising but nevertheless yeah so this is what i mean by we are we're going to leave this earth and um going to speak about speak about the expanding universe um there is also a question that how fast is the universe expanding every every i think it's a it's quite a established fact as the universe is expanding but 
how fast is it expanding this is where um some uh, they, they, there's some debate about this so anyways uh yeah so daniel tell us a little bit about um i mean why does the universe expand and what are some of the you know current expansion rates maybe so it all starts from the cosmic rays and um so the cosmic uh, expansion is the result of the of the big bang when all the matter and energy in the cosmos exploded from a single dense hot point and it is also mentioned in the holy quran as well that everything was a one single singular point here yeah? mm-hmm. and it all started from there and um then you know scientists uh, yeah, they expected this expansion to slow as the universe aged and the gravitational attraction between bits of matter would uh, decrease and act as a break um, but however you know every uh, now and then uh, there's new discoveries happening and so what happened is that at the end of the 20th century scientists found that the universe wasn't just expanding but it was accelerating its uh, expansion as time went on as but as you have mentioned also uh, in the beginning of this segment and this phenomena has not been completely explained uh, due to the lack of scientific knowledge in this field uh, but you know uh but has been attributed to dark energy and dark matter and i remember that um um like uh, many shows ago i uh, i was uh, speaking to a guest mm-hmm. and uh, expert on you know cosmology kind of things and um i asked him this uh, really question that uh, what uh, do we know so far about the dark energy and dark matter mm-hmm. and um um he really has no answer he was saying that we still have no idea what dark energy or dark matter is and you know the this whole universe yeah. is comprised uh, about like um 85 to 90% of dark energy and dark matter yeah and let me ask you a quick question you yeah. know what is the most expensive thing on this world um human life on this earth <laughs> no human life to be honest <laughs> I mean if you we just went through the news human life doesn't have much value. Yeah. No but there is actually something which um which is considered the most expensive thing. I don't even think we, I don't even know if we have it. It is antimatter. Mhm. And they say like one like one one gram or one teaspoon of antimatter costs like I don't know so many trillions of dollars. Yeah. Do you believe that we have the antimatter here in this room? I mean I, in the studio I, I don't know I don't know the exact <laughs> definition of antimatter but yeah. if there is matter then because uh, it, actually there is a verse in the holy quran that Allah the almighty has created <clears throat> everything in pairs mm. so even from the quranic perspective if there is matter there has to be a pair of matter so that that would be antimatter but you know i believe that uh, the definition of this very verse could be anything it could be like for example uh, in atom uh we can say mm-hmm. that uh, there are neutrons protons and electrons they are the pairs of each other so it could be um it could be the definition which you have presented and it could be there any other definition like proton electron and neutrons could be the you know pairs of each other but anyhow um the future will tell us what uh, what does it really mean yes i mean you just read it that 
scientists themselves have uh, not much knowledge about this yeah. topic. I mean, uh, space. I, I'm very interested in in like um, the specific uh, space topic, yeah. and uh, uh, you know cosmology a little bit. I'm not very well versed or learned in it. I'm not, no doubt. Um, Even I'm not, but I'm, I'm still very keen uh, regarding this specific topic. I, I I know that when I was a very like little uh, six or seven. Uh, I was very keen even mm. then uh, that I have to go outside of this world and <laughs> I need to find some other you know planets uh, you know it always uh, fantasizes even even a child and uh, who doesn't know anything uh, about even about his own or her own planet so um, always a very you know uh, mesmerizing topic uh, yes, to definitely. be discussed yes anyways carry on <laughs> so yeah so uh, as we were talking about the dark matter and dark energy um so the little you know uh, knowledge scientists have about dark energy uh, describes it as a a repulsive force that pushes everything apart and tugs against um, gravity and this means that the things you know will get pushed away from each other faster and faster and um, we know that this phenomena is happening but we don't know how this is happening and where is this energy and matter coming from so um, uh this yeah. is the very idea which you know scientists are after and uh, trying to track uh, mm. this out yeah so if i if i take you back to the beginning first of all <coughs> i mean why is the universe universe expanding obviously it's the big bang yeah It was a smaller ball or dot. Not really small ball. <laughs> um, I mean, it. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it, compared to now, it was small. <laughs> so whatever, a small area exploded. Yeah. The universe is thrown away in all directions, mm. and um, there is no gravity, right? Uh, in space, so mm. the, it's if you are in space and I push you lightly. Mm. So you're going at one mile per hour. You are going to keep going at one mile per hour forever, until another force acts upon your body and changes your direction or speed. Mm. So um, you know, imagine, imagine the astronauts in space. If you have to go and fix the spacecraft from outside, mm. they they have like a um, rope, obviously attached to it. And they have to they have to click click it onto the best spacecraft mm-hmm. then move on and click the next part and then take off the previous uh, point where they uh, attached it mm-hmm. and if they don't do this and accidentally you know push away from the spacecraft i mean uh, i don't know if if it's uh, mm-hmm. probably built in now in the spacesuit but i mean uh, scientifically physically yeah they have no chance of coming back because they will be forever they will be pushing away from that spacecraft mm-hmm. forever and ever and ever and the, when the big bang happens the all the particles everything is being pushed away and there's no gravity acting upon them and they will they are constantly moving away um this is i mean why the universe is expanding mm. right and i mean many of us have seen movies uh, um, regarding uh, these uh, this very specific topic like the movie of you know i, I can't forget uh, remember the name uh, the movie of tom cruise uh, what's that called um i think so where he meant to went to a mars there's many famous um, the martian the martian martian oh yeah 
so no, that's a different actor anyways oh, but, yeah, it was a very interesting um, um uh, movie because uh, yeah uh, obviously we're both very interested in that topic but it was uh it was fascinating why i was uh, uh, you know uh, surprised by is that a uh, human can survive on potatoes yeah i mean uh, the astronaut whoever it was he was left behind on mars he made uh, started started making um his own little garden yeah and all he had is like a potato grow, grow so he grew the potato and he made like a a system where he could reproduce um that he only had like one thing to eat mm. and he survived i don't know for I mean, years until the somebody came to rescue yeah i mean it's such a topic that you know if you talk about milky way universe galaxies what sort of you know uh thing it it, it is and uh, its understanding it's whole a new different chapter and probably a never ending mm. chapter i would say that you know such so big but yeah. anyhow um if we see that in the holy quran as well that another mahdi says that uh, we have um, put signs um in the in moon in the universe uh, in mm. the sun and you need to keep pondering over these things as there are signs uh, about uh, about me uh, about uh, god almighty the existence of god yeah. yes yes that, that's why i was mentioning the big bang i was going to say that um, when was the quran revealed 1400 years ago roughly yeah. 1400 years ago and uh, i'm not sure but the big bang theory was not discovered at that time okay and look at this verse of the holy quran hmm. uh, allah almighty states that awalam yara alladhina kafaru anna as-samawati wal arda kanata ratqan fa fataqnahuma wa ja'alna min al-ma'i kull shay'in hayyan afala yu'minun two amazing scientific facts which have been discovered years later yeah. number one have those who disbelieve not considered that the heavens and the earth were a joined entity and we separated them in fact the the, the word um ratkan which i was referring to is like a dot mm. like a small very small area yeah and allah uh, states that fataqna huma fataqna means we we kind of exploded it mm. we like big bang you get it <laughs> so it exploded that was the first phenomenon i mean 1400 years ago if I think the people at the time wouldn't even understand that this this is referring to the big bang. I mean these are big scientific things and uh, over 1400 years ago in Makkah and Medina um barely anyone who, who you will find anyone who is you know literate <clears throat> and he is the one who is you know um, making prophecies about science you know it, it blows your mind you know how it shows that it is really from the god almighty you know who is prophesizing his his things on on his prophet and um you know i remember that i once read in in one of the books of the promised messiah alayhi salatu wasalam um his book called aina kamal al-islam roughly translate as um, the uh, mirror of the reflections or mirror of the excellences of islam mm-hmm. and in that book he mentions that um um that uh, the human mind and the universe are immensely or or extremely similar to each other that's a big statement and he said that it is uh, it is proven from the uh, from the holy quran and i i just blowed my mind and i i went on to google it and i said let's try to find out if if it is even somewhere proven from from scientific uh, perspective 
so i googled it and i found um this uh, website um uh, there's uh, there is an article in independent which says that uh, like the the headline goes like this the universe is like a giant human brain scientists found and this is from like um 3 years ago mm-hmm. and uh, but the statement which i have mentioned from the book of the pramsamsaya was like from 100 years ago from aina kamalat islam mm-hmm. the um mirror of the excellences of um islam and this uh, you know um statement of scientist that the universe is like a, a giant human brain is like few years ago yeah so you know it just uh, amazing uh how allah the almighty um tells the things of the or the secrets of the world or universe to his chosen people no doubt um if i bring you back to that verse um that was just one part of the verse yeah <laughs> second verse uh, the second uh, um, part of the verse is wajalna min al ma'i kull shay'in hayyan that um uh, we made and we made from water every living thing mm um i mean that every every level thing every every living thing sorry mm. is is created from water again the scientific fact was not there at present at 1400 years ago people did not know this that every single living organism starts with water mm. uh, and yeah this is i mean this is what god almighty is, uh, is is saying when you know he also mentions that don't these people ponder don't these people reflect on the universe on the signs of look at the moon look at the look at the sun mm. and there's another verse um i don't have it in front of me but allah almighty states that it is not possible for the moon to catch up to the sun yeah. or for the sun to catch up to the moon meaning that they are fixed mm-hmm. there's actually the, the words used in the quran they are fixed at that time so there's a symmetry in each and everything of the universe not just symmetry the yeah. the fact that the the moon the sun and the, we use it as a as a time right yeah. we use the moon to calculate time or the, the how many circles we have around the sun and they will never be able to catch the meaning that this process will never stop certainly yeah and this is how we we could uh, you know maybe in ancient times we started having a sense of time mm. and uh, only now scientists are discovering that if, if the sun was you know just a very small margin to the left or right or closer or further from the earth it could be an ice age mm. or it, like the planet could burn up and uh, yeah so these these scientific facts so many years ago like uh, i mean the way you are mentioning it uh, i mean just look at for example an artist and his art yeah just by looking as at, at the art of an artist you will know that how great the artist is yeah similarly Uh, if you look at the universe you will find it flawless unblemished and uh, beautiful and by looking at the unblemished uh, or flawless art of the artist uh, you'll find that how mighty and omnipotent uh, the creator uh, or the artist of that art is so this is the you know a very vast topic and mm-hmm. which we can you know speak on length and but <laughs> I think we are getting close to 8 o'clock news. Yeah, so we're going to have to take a short break but uh, just uh, to remind um you know we uh, we really do want to 
want you to call in and have a discussion with us yeah, or call sure. us on 020-868-7878 uh, or tweet uh, at uh, Voice of Islam UK. I mean, if there is a scientist, you know, who's listening to us, uh, please yeah, do call maybe us. Maybe there's a scientist <laughs> sitting around and uh, yeah, why not <laughs> give us a call? Uh, we are certainly not experts in this field, but we yeah. do have, I mean, we have the Holy Quran and which is just as we have been proving amazing, yeah. amazing, like uh, prophecies from thousand years ago plus. Anyways, we'll take a short break. Stay with us. We'll con continue this discussion a little further after the news break. Hear the latest news, views, discussions and insights into Islam's perspective on the world today. Join us live throughout the week on the breakfast and drive time shows. Asalaamu Alaikum, peace be upon you and welcome back to The Breakfast Show. Asalaamu Alaikum, peace and blessings to our listeners out there. Welcome to another edition of The Drive Time Show. Asalaamu Alaikum, hello and welcome to The Voice of Islam Living History Programme. Hello and welcome to another edition of Book Corner, where we delve into the wonderful world of literature and explore all its incredible facets. Join us on Voice of Islam throughout the week for a wide range of programmes for you to enjoy. Asalaamu Alaikum, peace be upon you, welcome back to The Breakfast Show. We have been discussing um, recently about, um, about space and the universe hmm. and uh, the expansion of the universe and also some verses from the Holy Quran uh, which were revealed um, almost 1400 years ago where there was no, no signs and no science of, of, of these kind of things these matters at, at that moment and despite that there has been uh, uh, there are verses of the Holy Quran so accurate to scientific findings of today that it is just astonishing this you know must take us back or at least make us consider to think about a creator of this of this design Certainly, you know yeah. the perfection of the universe uh, this is also an established fact I mean I think many or if not all scientists agree that mm. the way the universe and even mother nature on on planet earth is designed is is to such perfection that if we try to make any changes in it it will create a, you know a, it will create a a, a huge um, chaos, yeah, kind chaos of. and a, um, a drastic um, change in nature mm -hmm. so i mean you just mentioned that um, the um, i just you know always wondered that the universe is expanding but how do we know that for example they said that universe is expanding and the age of the universe is like kind uh, 14 or 16 billion years old light years yeah, old yeah kind four of 4.45 billion years yeah old. Oh, light years light, light years. oh light yeah yeah i can tell you a little bit about this so <laughs> yeah sure why not <laughs> <laughs> only very little bit yeah. anyways the the way they they find out how uh i mean how do yeah, how do you find out that the, the universe is expanding hmm. so what we do is that we uh, not we as in the scientists they look <laughs> they look at a a star mm -hmm. and the light has a speed the speed of light is 300,000 kilometers a second wow you remember that yeah that's <laughs> <laughs> anyways 300,000 kilometers every mm. second and uh, they can calculate from that light which is reaching us mm. you know in a telescope from <clears> that star <throat> how far that that star is mm -hmm. so if the star is 
you know x amount of uh, um light years light years away yeah so we can tell the the distance that this is mm-hmm. the distance oh, yeah, and yeah. Uh, we don't want light year means that it would take you one year mm. to reach that position or make make that distance if you travel at the speed of light for one year mm-hmm. so 300000 kilometers every second for one year that's really far so you don't yeah. need to worry about that for- anyways and then they they take that reading once mm-hmm. the, the reading is from the infrared rays yeah i believe uh, that the for example so the rays infrared rays mm-hmm. are traveling like for example millions of uh, light years away and for example they have started traveling like um uh, 2 million years ago yeah mm-hmm. and now they have reached uh, towards hubble telescope and now the hubble telescope has judged that um this and this uh, milky or, or milky way or this or this planet is uh, like 10 million uh, light years away but the radiations or the infrared rays have just reached um to hubble telescope to detect that this planet does exist this millions uh, light years away mm. but uh, for example if he, it has been reached now it is it is giving us the reading like millions of uh, light years uh, ago but it's not the current reading like it's kind of very yes. you know uh, very obviously if it takes a confusing I mean, topic yeah <laughs> if it takes that light to reach us so yeah. many i don't million light years that means that light started moving very 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 um, long time ago yeah. maybe before our before earth was created yeah it also happens that i, I also read that for example uh, we are saying that this planet does exist like uh, 10 millions of years ago but might be that planet in the current situation right now doesn't exist yeah but we are saying that it is uh, you know it does exist yeah we see like a supernovas or yeah. explosions stars exploding yeah. and uh, scientists say that that i mean it doesn't mean it exploded right now as we're seeing it it could have mm. been exploded i don't know how many thousands millions of years doesn't ago no yeah and the information is reaching us now because the mm-hmm. way we calculate the distance is through the light mm-hmm. and the light and travel so fast for example from from the sun to the earth yeah it takes the light 8 minutes so if the sun would disappear or mm-hmm. you know be destroyed we wouldn't find out until 8 minutes we still would have 8 minutes of light yeah and that's perfect so this example. is how basically this is how yeah. they calculate the distance and then if if you take that reading once and then take it again you see that mm. there there's an increase of the reading there's an increase of the distance yeah and this is how we know that the universe is expanding i mean it's key it's moving away from us constantly mm. at a very fast speed anyways now this brings us to a question that um i mean uh, is this ever going to stop the universe expanding what is it expanding into how far is it expanding <clears throat> and uh, will it ever stop mm. there is the theory of the like the big bang there's a theory of the big crunch is um, it like the black hole yes kind of but some scientists believe that the universe will keep expanding and the mm-hmm. expansion will slow down and it will keep expanding expanding and slow down slow down slow down and stop mm-hmm. then the expansion will decrease it will come back slowly so the process will be reversed it will be reversed and slowly they will uh, all the galaxies and the universe will Get become smaller back. again yeah. it will shrink and keep increasing in that speed and then collapse and this is called the big crunch Mm-hmm. Uh, this is one theory 
Many scientists don't agree with this. I mean, this is proven from the Holy Quran. I would <coughs> say that it comes in the yes. Holy Quran. That was uh, that was what you mentioned earlier. That yeah. um, uh, God Almighty states that we will we will roll up the heavens like the rolling of a scroll. Yep. And also, you know, it is mentioned in the Holy Quran that Allah Almighty says that "Kulla shayin halikun illa wajhu." Yeah. That everything will perish except uh, Himself, except the face of Allah the Almighty. Everything will perish. That's yeah. you know direct proof that uh, nothing will remain. Uh, apart from mm. the existence of God Almighty, and there is a, a, an expert we we can listen to. Yeah, sure. Uh, which is uh, His Holiness Hazrat Mirza, um, sorry, the fourth head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, uh, Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmed. Um, may Allah have mercy on him. Who was a, a he's so knowledgeable on these kind of topics. Mm. But we have a short clip uh, about this. Um, let's listen in what His Holiness um, said. Hazrat in the Billions of stars and millions of planets, are we alone in the universe? We are not alone because the creator of the millions and billions of stars and planets is always with us. It is through whom, through him and through him alone that we can gain a sort of communication with everything else which is in the world or whichever was in, in the universe. So a sense of continuity in time and expansion in space can only be gained through our communication with God, the Creator. Then the rest becomes unimportant, you know, small things. If other forms exist or do not, what do we have to do with them? If we have established our relationship with the Creator and through Him in, in the life after death, we can gain our knowledge continuously of what there was we left behind. Somebody may say that it will be too late. What is it to us after we die? What we have left behind? But this is wrong. Acquisitiveness for knowledge is a source of prayer in itself. So that is why we are not satisfied with the knowledge of the present alone. We continue to delve deeper and deeper into our past, what we were, where we came from, and the study of old, old civilizations and cultures all makes a part of our urge to know not only the present, but also the past. So in a remote future, if we know more of our past and what happened down below and how God managed things, that would add pleasure to our, uh, our happiness in our, uh, add pleasure to our uh, heaven or paradise. When I say add pleasure, I really mean it because knowledge is pleasure in fact. And knowledge in the in an, in an air, in a, a form of existence which is not uh, material and not sensual becomes more intensified by you. So I'm sure, you know, many times while contemplating on these things, I, I pray to Allah, it's all right. After that, let me know what was happening in the galaxies and stars and <laughs> you know, all the mysteries. Which man can never unfathom because can never fathom because uh, man is only sh a shortly lived animal in space. So that was one clip from His Holiness Hazrat Mirza Tahir Ahmed, the fourth head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. There's another short clip which is uh, a bit more detailed about the actual collapse and um, uh, the end of the universe. So let's listen into that as well. 
Is there an end to the universe? Yes, the universe is not infinite, it is finite, both in space and in time. So, in fact, space-time are intermingled. Anything, anything limited in space has also to be limited in time. So, the, the, physici the, the physicists are now calculating about the age of the universe. Professor Dr. Abdus Ram has his own theory that it is uh, 33 raised to the power of 10. Whatever figure it makes is the age of proton. So, when the matter of which the universe consists of is finite, it has an age. So, the whole universe has an age. And the Holy Quran mentions it very clearly and specifically that a time would come when the entire universe would be rolled up like the rolling up of scrolls by scribes. And it will be wrapped up and will no more. Then Allah will restart the whole process. <laughs> yes, so that was another very um, you know, interesting clip. And uh, we have just, uh, talked about this already. I think um, let's come back to the earth now. <laughs> let's, let's land. Uh, anyways, it was, it was a really very um, interesting uh, discussion. Thank you, Brother Daniel. Anyways, this is, uh, we're coming to the end of our first segment and we have uh, another segment to discuss as well. So we'll be ending this uh, with uh, um, His Holiness mentioned uh, Dr. Abdul Salam, uh, a scientist who, uh, uh, the first Muslim scientist who received the Nobel Prize. Um, what What's the importance of this? Daniel, just tell us a little something <clears throat> about that at the end. <clears throat> so, um, Professor Abdul Salam, um, uh, the first Muslim Nobel laureate, um, shared the 1979 Nobel Prize in Physics with uh, two American scientists, um, Sheldon and Stephen, uh, for their separate invention of um, theory combining electromagnetic and weak nuclear forces. And um, Professor Salam um, led uh, international initiatives to make physics uh, accessible to students from um, underdeveloped nations in addition to his, you know, um, groundbreaking research. So he founded the International Center for Theoretical Physics in uh, in Italy, which uh, funded students of third world uh, physicists, uh, including, including some from Bangladesh, um, from its uh, foundation in 1964. <clears throat> So, you know, he has uh, remained an, uh, a very intellectual figure and a hero to a generation of third world scientists, um, including the writer himself. And, um, you know, if you look at um, this whole segment, this all starts from, or the, or the beginning of this thing is from by seeking knowledge. If you don't have the thirst for knowledge, um, if you don't seek knowledge, or or the <clears throat> or or it is not emphasized um, by your environment or by your religion, mm. then you know never gonna you know reach to such a point where you get uh, into in the in this field in the field of science. So it is really important, and um, this is the special speciality of the Islam that it you know emphasizes to. Um, emphasizes 
that you should seek knowledge as it comes in the Holy Quran that Rabbi Zidni Ilma um, that O oh Lord um, <clears throat> give me more knowledge uh, and increase me in knowledge and mm -hmm. um, this is the very prayer that you know which produced many I would say many scientists in the golden era of Islam yes no doubt no, I mean a very important message at the end that just um, you know, seeking knowledge is it's part of faith yeah. uh, for, for Muslims, which is um, why we believe Islam is, you know, the true and final religion. I mean, we don't have any bias against other religions. Yeah. We believe all religions came from God, but uh, religions over the time they they become outdated, and then God mm. Almighty sends a new religion. There was a religion of Adam, uh, Adam, uh, peace be upon him. Then it outdated. Then God sent another messenger, Abraham peace be upon him mm. then uh, people start going away from the true path and he sent um, Moses and people forgot his teachings then he sent Jesus and now we believe that the Prophet Muhammad has come mm. to bring a, a final teaching which is complete and uh, God Almighty has given us all the knowledge we need for this and uh, you know just seeking knowledge is part of our faith as the Holy Prophet peace be upon him said that it is uh, compulsory for every Muslim a man and woman hmm. to seek knowledge and increase the knowledge thank you Daniel so uh, this will bring us to an end to our first segment we'll take a very very short break and then we'll continue with our second segment which will be um, about um, <clears throat> discussions of practical and peaceful solution to the religious tension hmm. between Hindus and Muslims of the subcontinent that was you know 100 years ago and uh, we will be a little bit talking about peace and religious talks you're listening to the voice of islam radio broadcasting on dab and via the internet 24 hours a day Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Voice of Islam. And now we will um, delve into our second segment, which is uh, regarding um, the practical and peaceful solutions to the religious tensions between Hindus and Muslims of the subcontinent, and which is a history like 100 years ago. But we will, in essence, we will talk about um, justice and global harmony, I would say. Yes, obviously, um, we're not here to discuss hatred, but rather, yeah. what is the solution of Islam? And uh, what solution did the promised Messiah, peace be upon him, um, you know, present at that time, mm. uh, almost over 100 years ago, yep. where the promised Messiah came? And uh, in the subcontinent, so, you know, in India, Pakistan, used all used to be one country. Yeah. It was known as India. And then when the British um, colonized the area, um, that kind of became the hub of religion as well. Yeah, well, uh, which is um, I would say that. Which is actually also, uh, in, in fact, a, a sign of the promised Messiah. That, uh, you know, some people ask this question, why did, you know, the promised Messiah of all religions, why did he have to come a country mm. in, in a country like India? And... Um, I mean, this is also proven. We have uh, many articles about this as well in our community that th that time was meant to be, the, you know, the time, the time of, the of, of a messiah. They, yeah. That was the hub of of religion. 
There yeah. was Christian missionaries converting uh, Muslims uh, in, in masses. There was Hindus. I mean, just name three big religions. Christianity, yeah. Islam and Hinduism, yeah. That and they all... Majority, yeah. Yeah. But even um, the other religions here and there, but that was kind of a, a you know, a center of the world at the moment in terms of religious um, mm. talks and religious um, discussion. Um, yeah, so we will uh, be discussing about that. So, um, Daniel, um, what were the main issues between Hindus and Muslims in the time of the second Khalifa? Um, the second Caliph obviously um, uh, came... Uh, not came, but he became uh, Khalid Caliph in yeah. years later. But uh, even in the time of the promised Messiah, I mean, give us an example of how he, um, you know, uh, tackled this issue. You could say mm. um, the, the the tension between the Hindus and Muslims, or even even Christians at that time. I mean, um, there there was already a, a hatred, a uh, discord between. Um, different religions at that time. Um, although we do have now, and we have uh, witnessed this issue in different parts of the world, but <clears throat> the same issue existed uh, even hundred years ago, and uh, you know he tackled this issue very beautifully, and through the message of Islam, he sent missionaries to different parts of the world uh, with the message of Islam, with the beautiful teachings of Islam. And to spread um, justice and um, global harmony, um, so that you know a harmonious society could be built. And yes, um, let's let's uh, go to our first guest, uh, who is respected Imam uh, Taul Mujib Rashid, who is um, um, an Imam of the London Mosque uh, for for many many years, and uh, uh, Imam uh, Rashid. Uh, served as a missionary in the UK from uh, 1970 to 1973, focusing on Jamaat upbringing, spreading the Islam's message. And uh, he also served in Japan for uh, almost a decade. In 1983, he became the missionary in charge of Britain, and he's still serving as the missionary in charge. Um, and uh, um, he's also the Imam of the uh, First London Mosque. Uh, Assalamu alaikum, peace be upon you. Uh, welcome to the uh, breakfast show, Imams. <clears throat> Thank you for joining us this morning, and uh, your your time is uh, really appreciated. Uh, we are um, discussing about uh, a little bit about religious tolerance, and uh, uh, specifically about the time of the Promised Messiah and the tension between Hindus, Muslims, and even Christians. Uh, but uh, anyways, to, to start off, I want to ask you, uh, what does the Holy Quran emphasize about justice and equality among people of different religions? Well, first of all, I, I would like to say that uh, the religion of Islam is a global message of peace. It uh, covers all times and it relates to all nations and all religions. The high mark of the Islamic teaching is the peace and tolerance, and that is very, very essential uh, in the life of the Muslim. And uh, I would like to say that uh, uh, there are teachings in the religion of Islam that people should always be uh, dealing in their matters with justice and kindness and equality. And the difference of religion should not incite them to any hatred 
or enmity. This is a very beautiful teaching. There is one verse in the Holy Quran which I would like to quote. Generally speaking, Allah Almighty says in Arabic, Inna Allah yamurukum antwaddu lamanate ilaha wa izahkamtum bainan nase antahkumu billad. The second part of the verse indicates that whenever Muslims have to decide the matters between the people, and it is a general statement, people of any religion, of any background, of any nationality. Antakumu billad, that you always deal with them just with justice. So justice and equal treatment without any hatred for anyone, this is the hallmark of Islamic teaching. And also, in another place, the Holy Quran says, وَتَعَوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَوَنُوا عَلَى الْإِسْمِ وَالْعُدْوَانِ Meaning, and help one another in righteousness and piety, but not help them, uh, but uh, help, them, help them not in the matters of and, and, and any tra- transgression. So, I mean, this is the guiding principle Mm-hmm. That there should be no hatred, no enmity. People are people, whatever religion they belong. I mean, Islam, of course, is a religion of peace. And that is why it emphasizes that picking up quarrel and fight and uh, un- unfair uh, treatment to other people is not the way of Islam. Islam is a message of peace and equality for all. As a human being, everybody is equal. So therefore, it depends on the behavior of the person to whether he is closer to God or not. If people are not, for example, following the way of Islam, Islam does not permit them to be coerced into, into, into Islam by force. Islam says that uh, your religion is your religion, my religion is my religion. Mm-hmm. You do not interfere in my religion, I will not interfere in your religion. So on this principle of peace, Islam always tries to deal and address all the followers of other religions. Mm-hmm. And uh, respectfully, Imam, uh, what suggestions are made to overcome religious unrest and promote peaceful coexistence uh, among followers of different religions? What, what kind of ways can we adopt to achieve that? Obviously, the first one would be that the Muslims themselves, they should always remain peaceful. And secondly, there should be a dialogue between the followers of other religions. Any religion may be. Islam is always open for dialogue. And they should emphasize that the interest of humanity at large lies in understanding the equality of the human beings. And uh, no religion has the power to impose its teaching upon other people by force. This is something which is wrong. Indiscrimination, hatred, or injustice, or maltreatment with the followers of other people is not the way of Islam. I look at the example of the Holy Prophet The Holy Prophet of Islam, he was so kind to the people, so kind, that in one place the example is that some Christians, they came to meet the Holy Prophet and he invited all of them, the Christians, into his own holy mosque, that you are allowed to come to that mosque. 
and the discussion took place there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the, during the discussion, the time of the worship of these people came. They wanted to leave so that they can pray, go somewhere else and pray. The Holy Prophet said, that why do you have to go somewhere else? This is the house of God who has created both, both of us, you and me and all the people. So therefore, you are allowed to pray in your own way in my mosque. So this was the magnanimity of the noble character of the Holy Prophet of Islam, that he even allowed the Christians to pray in his holy mosque. Mm-hmm. And he was always very kind. Many times he hosted uh, the Christian uh, and the Jewish people at his home and served them and helped them. So he was kind to everyone. He never asked uh, before doing anything good to any person. He never asked, what is your religion? As a human being, if this point is inculcated in the nature and habit of the people, that human beings are all created, they are all creation of God. So we have to be kind and courteous to all the people. So hatred is not uh, the way of Islam. That is why the slogan of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is love for all, hatred for none. That's a beautiful saying, which is so much uh, appreciated that even sometime I have seen in some of the meetings of uh, non-Muslim organizations Mm -hmm. when they hold, they uh, decorate their stage with the slogan Love of love for all, hatred for none, because it is a beautiful teaching and does does impact the thinking of the people. So this is the way of Islam in any circumstances, whether political, social, domestic, or uh, of any nature in in the in the daily affairs of the life. The Muslims mm-hmm. have to be very kind, courteous, respectful. They should respect the honor of other religions. I tell you one thing more. Once the Holy Prophet has mentioned that if a very respectful leader of any nation, of any religion comes to you, you have to show respect and honor to that. So you can see the spirit of Islam is the respect and honor and cooperation and fair treatment, fair treatment with all the people. So this is the way how Islam tackles all the issues, maybe economical, political, or nature, a difference of anything, but the feeling of love and affection, kindness, and good treatment should always prevail in throughout the life of a Muslim. Very beautifully explained, uh, Imam Rashid. Um, Lastly, I want to ask you, um, you, you have uh, obviously had the honor to, to, to serve alongside His Holiness, the uh, fourth head of the Amni Muslim community, as well as the fifth head, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed. Um, in, in, if you look at international peace, how has His Holiness um, you know, guided us to act? And uh, how has he, uh, if you could give some examples, how His Holiness, um, or even in general, um, how we can achieve international peace and how we can apply these things, uh, the teachings of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, to have international peace. It's a very big question, very vast question, and very detailed answer can be given. But I will be very brief, saying that the head of the Aptia Muslim community, 
who is known as the Caliph, the successor of the founder of the community who was the promised Messiah. So the Caliph of the time, who is the head of the community, he is really and truly the global messenger of peace, ambassador of peace. He is going to various countries all over the world during his period of caliphate. He, from day one, he has been speaking about peace. And he has been traveling abroad in so many countries, in all the important countries he had there. And he has always spoken that peace and peace and harmony and harmony, that should be the way of all the people. Other differences should be thrown away. But the most important thing is that God Almighty has created. God Almighty is one. And he has created all the people. If they follow different way in their religious thinking, that is their personal matter. Let it be there. But we don't have the instrument of uh, force to uh, impose our religion upon them. So be kind to everyone. This is the message which he has been giving. And he went to America. He has spoken many times in the British Parliament. And always mm -hmm. he gave this message of harmony and uh, uh, love and affection. And he was respected for this uh, view. And he was appreciated where, wherever he went. So he is really an investor, a global investor of peace. And uh, you can see he has spoken a lot of time. He has written many uh, articles about it, some books about it. So all these things clearly indicate that he has uh, always respected the people, as I mentioned, the respect of the leaders of the other religions. I remember personally that uh, our head of the community at that time, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah, once the Archbishop of Canterbury, he came to the London Mosque, the very first mosque, Muslim mosque, Amdiya Mosque in London. Archbishop of Canterbury, he kindly paid a visit to the mosque. The supreme head of the community came out of his office to welcome him and talk to him very respectfully, very in a dignified manner. And when the Archbishop of Canterbury is going back, he went in front of the mosque and had a photograph there with the Supreme Head of the Community. And then the Supreme Head of the Community came to the car of the Archbishop to see him off. That was the way of the Holy Prophet wasallam, the Holy Founder of Islam. So that is the Islamic teaching. You respect the people, they would respect you. If you hate the people, they will hate you. So this Muslim message of peace is love for all, hatred for none. And the supreme head of the community in his meetings, in his behavior, his attitude, and his instruction to the members of the community, he is always a greater lover of peace and spreading the message. And this is the whole, in a way I can say, the whole objective of his life is the message of peace peace of Islam, that should be spread in peaceful manner. We don't believe in fighting, in coercion, or in any sort of aggression against any people on the basis of religion. Religion mm -hmm. is the message of peace, and peacefully, peace, 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 with peaceful attitude, the people have to spend their life. Jazakallah. Thank you very much. That was very beautifully put, um, 
Imam Talmud uh, Rashid. And uh, that was it for, from us. Thank you for your time. And a Thank very you. important message and beautiful message you've given. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Have a nice day. So that was um, Imam uh, Atawal Mujib Rashid, who is um, um, the current Imam of the London Mosque, the first uh, mosque uh, uh, in London, and uh, who has explained uh, very beautifully with examples of the Holy Prophet, the Holy Quran, and even mm. His Holiness, um, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmed, <coughs> how to achieve peace and how to deal with different um, religious people. Um, now we'll move on to our second guest, who is uh, um, Dr. Afsal Ashraf, uh, with a rich background in international relations and security, has served prominently in various capacities, including senior roles in the UK Armed Forces, diplomatic support and strategic involvement in conflicts worldwide. Uh, Asalaamu Alaikum, peace be upon you. Welcome to The Breakfast Show. Thank you for joining us, uh, Dr. Ashraf. Uh, it's a pleasure having you on the show again. Um, so we are talking a little bit about religious tolerance and the, the differences uh, between uh, different religions or religious people. Uh, so the first question that I want to ask you is that how can we ensure that people speak more respectfully about religions and avoid disputes? Well, you can't ensure anything when it comes to people um, because people have choice, or at least they should do. And uh, certainly when it comes to um, respect, uh, which is an attitude, it's a part of our belief about others, um, you can never really ensure it. What you can do instead is to create the conditions where people are much more likely to want to do that, where if they don't respect others, um, they feel um, ostracized, they feel um, different, they feel strange. So you really need to try and create a society where people do respect others um, genuinely because that's they, what they believe to be right. Uh, that is what is common. That is what is normal. Uh, that is what um, society values and respects and, and aspires to be. So uh, rather than trying to ensure, what we really do need to be doing is trying to inspire people to behave in that way. And we inspire it uh, by um, having people in society who um, model that sort of behavior, people that others look up to. And uh, when it comes to behavior, when it comes to etiquette, when it comes to standards of society, when we look at um, uh, humankind in history, it is often um, an elite organized, you know, part of society that um, actually sets the standards. It's those people that people look up to. So I hope um, uh, that mm -hmm. sort of makes sense. You can never ensure, uh, but you can inspire people to do the right thing. Yeah, certainly. And uh, uh, Doctor, why is it important to distinguish between political issues and uh, religious conflicts? Well, because they are different. And um, the, the reason why I think it's particularly important is that um, um, politics is about power, and uh, religion uh, it, it is not. It's about the opposite of power very often. Um, and so when uh, we have conflict, uh, unfortunately, um, or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it, um, human beings um, uh, do want to do the right thing, and they don't want to... Um, uh, uh, 
fight each other simply because mm. they want territory or they want power, they want um, wealth, or at least they can't um, they can't honestly um, accept that as an as a as an open um, motive. So very often they mm. uh, they at least present their case and sometimes convince others and themselves that they're doing this because this is what um, God wants them. This is what their religion requires of them. And so I think it's um, very important to be able to distinguish not only um, uh, so that others can see what they're doing isn't um, what their religion requires them to do, uh, but also um, for them to realize that what they're doing is very often against the religion that they are claiming that they are acting in 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 the defence of or the purpose of. So <clears throat> I think it is very important. And then we come back to the, really your original question, <clears throat> and that is, um, you know, what is uh, the purpose of religion? Ultimately, if we <clears throat> look at um, religions, they are all about. Um, uh, in some way, d extinguishing the ego, the self, mm. and um, combining the self, or surrendering the self to a higher being, to the to the Creator, and that that's where the conflict, the moral conflict, the spiritual conflict lies in man. Are you acting for your own selfish desires, or are you acting for the desires or the wishes uh, or the directives of your creator. Uh, and, and so what we have are two conflicts going on. One is a physical conflict, uh, mm. war, um, but also you have a spiritual conflict between uh, why um, people are motivated to fight. And it is often, when you pare it down, it is almost certainly in the case that people fight for selfish reasons, for their ego, for their... Um, a feeling of supremacy over others, their desire to um, uh, have the land, the wealth, the, uh, the power of others, um, and so on. So those are sort of egotistical things that um, mm -hmm. usually motivate conflict, um, whereas the religion itself very often says, uh, and, and in the case of Islam, of course, it says it very explicitly, um, but in other religions it says it um, implicitly, is that um, the purpose uh, of life, uh, the route to salvation, mm. is the surrender of the ego um, in favor of the Almighty. Mm. Certainly, uh, to surrender before uh, Allah Almighty. And, uh, you know, as a Muslim and you being as a Muslim, how can we ensure um, adequate representation of Muslims um, in education and also in public services? Well, again, I'm afraid it's difficult to ensure anything with human beings, and, and <laughs> yeah. really we shouldn't. It you is. Know, if we believe in um, <clears throat> a free will, if we believe in uh, freedoms of rights and mm. so on, but what we can do, again, is to create a society where um, education and uh, such things are valued. And, and that might seem like an obvious thing, but it isn't. Um, uh, societies don't often um, value education 
um, and, and as you probably noticed in politics, in British politics recently, um, politicians have been saying, well, we don't need to listen to experts. We don't need to listen to people who uh, have studied this and know what they're talking about. Um, and, and again, coming back to um, your previous question about uh, religion and politics, um, very often uh, people don't want um, uh, their population to be educated in their religion because that limits how religion can be exploited for political and other purposes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and you know, uh, there are many other um, prejudices that exist even in um, societies that may be educated um, or, or seem to value education. There are um, often prejudices in favor of one type of education over another. Um, and uh, in, amongst the Muslims, for example, there was, uh, for understand, entirely understandable reasons, a prejudice against um, social sciences um, on the basis that um, in history, the Muslims had um, become decadent and have become uh, confused uh, by over uh, philosophizing about certain aspects of life. Now, whether that's true or not is immaterial. The fact is, all parts of education, whether they're the hard sciences or indeed the social sciences, um, can uh, be advantageous to humankind and they can be destructive for humankind. I mean, we look at the hard sciences and we can see the, the development of um, horrible things like nuclear weapons and others, um, and and I'm sure you've talked about mm. several other aspects of technology which mm. are socially um, uh, destructive, socially um, damaging. Um, so, it, so the same is true for the the the, um, the, the social sciences. So, prejudice against education exists very often in educated societies. And what we really do need to think about is the basics, and that is that um, uh, education is vitally important to human development, not just in the physical sense, uh, in the material sense, but certainly in the spiritual sense. And uh, certainly when I read the Holy Quran, um, it's just replete with references to education in the most um, uh, fundamental way. Um, I, I think in modern education now there is um, a great emphasis on the word reflect. Um, we, we teach children to reflect on things rather than just learn things by rote. We ask them to reflect. Now, how many times have the Holy Quran say that in this book there are lessons for those that reflect? There are lessons for men of understanding. There are lessons for those um, that uh, uh, go about the world and and see what has happened to others before them, and so on. Um, so you know, there are it's almost impossible really to understand the true value of the um, the infinite treasure trove of knowledge and wisdom that is the Holy Quran without education. And so I, it is fundamental. To human development, as I said, not just materially, which is what people think of education to be. Mm. They often see education as a um, a purpose uh, in order to you know, get qualifications, 
but it is also um, an essential point of human development, particularly in the spiritual, the moral, the ethical sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and without um, education, as I said, in my personal opinion, and I'm hopefully others won't disagree, you cannot really uh, fully understand the knowledge mm. uh, of um, the, the Holy Quran and hence the Word of God. Mm, certainly, and um, you know, education is really important for our, you know, um, moral development. Our uh, as a human being, it it is really important. And um, thank you very much, Doctor, for uh, coming to the show and uh, enlightening us. Thank you very much, and peace be on you. Peace be on you too. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you. So that was uh, Dr. Afzal Ashraf, um, with a rich background in international relations and security, has served uh, prominently in various capacities, including senior roles in the UK Armed Forces, diplomatic sport, and strategic involvement in conflicts worldwide. Yes, and he, as you could tell, he's a <coughs> he's a um, accomplished academic, you know, contributing to the teaching of international relations uh-huh. and uh, other uh, security aspects as well. Um, yes, Daniel. So, um, I mean, our, our two guests have kind of summed up the whole topic. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the essence of it, the importance of it. And uh, to be honest, this is all we can present. Um, we could give more expo- examples. Yeah. But the, the the essence of this whole... Uh, topic of religious tolerance and um, um, or intolerance is that um, if you to look achieve, at the teaching, to achieve to achieve mm-hmm. justice peace obviously yes yeah. yes the, I mean the solution and the best way is mm. to be just and to look for peace um, His Holiness the the promised Messiah Hazrat Mirza Ghulam Ahmad peace be upon him he has written in a whole book about uh the specific um, situation at the time of the promised Messiah, which was, you know, the the, the stronger enmity of the Hindus and the Christians. Mm. He wrote a book called A Message of Peace uh, at the very last stage of his life. Uh, and, uh, you know, he, he starts off with, uh, in the beginning few pages, there's, there's this quote, he says that, My countrymen, uh, a religion which does not inculcate universal compassion mm-hmm. is no religion at all. Similarly, a human being human being without the faculty of compassion is no human at all and uh, i mean the, the, these words are very powerful because you uh, his holiness basically saying that you are not human if if you can't if you don't know what compassion is yeah. if you can't be compassionate the, you know humanity leaves you you know yeah. you, you this is such a such a core Characteristic of a of a human. I mean, if you you know start reading Holy Quran uh, in the beginning, it says Allah Almighty says that Rabbul Alamin that He is not uh, you know a god of a Jew or a Muslim or Christian or Hindu. He's He's a god for everybody, all humankinds. Yeah, and also you know when we look at the life of the Holy Prophet, the peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Uh, we find very beautiful uh, examples from his life. For example, there once, um, you know, a, a funeral procession was passing by mm-hmm. of a Jew, and uh, his holy um, and the holy prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, stood up, 
and a companion you know you know very um he was so astonished and he asked that why you stood up uh, he is a jew and we are muslims mm. so he said that he is a human being and we should you know uh, show a sign of respect uh even uh, yeah. for for a human being of course, regardless yeah. of uh, his um, race color or religion yeah there's so many examples but let's listen to a very short clip of zolens has mr tahir ahmed the fourth head of the amdi muslim community mm. uh, in in regards to this topic i would like to ask you about religious tolerance yes um it seems to me that if people have a religious belief they will hope that others will come to share that religious That's belief. Right. Do you think that in trying to get people to share one's belief one should be tolerant of their other That's views <laughs> or intolerant? The only answer is tolerance because if you do not tolerate religious differences you can not win over minds and hearts to your faith your way of thinking and this is the meaning of expansion of religion. So we completely totally disagree with the so called orthodox muslims thought on religious uh, spread and the ideas of the holy quran being forced into minds and hearts through the usage of sword we totally disagree not only because our human conscience rises against this in abhorrence of this but also because there is no such mention in the holy quran not in a single verse on the contrary the holy quran declares la ikraha fid din there is no question in matters of faith one and the second addressing the people of uh, arabia idolaters particularly the verses of the holy quran some verses of the holy quran dedicate this question to the issue of religious differences and the last declaration is lakum dinukum waliyadin you are free to enjoy your faith i am free to enjoy my faith it's up to allah to decide who am i to force my faith to into your heart and you to force your faith into my heart so these two fundamental declarations of the holy quran prove that the so called fundamentalists are not fundamentalists at all <laughs> they invented new things So that was a, a beautiful answer by his holiness uh, about you know religious uh, tolerance mm. um this is bringing us uh, to the end of our show and um, uh, it, was, it was i think it was a very great show uh, thank you daniel for joining us uh, do you have any last few words um i mean as it is mentioned in the holy quran that um allah almighty says that um to all um, people of the book that come together for common ground and uh, the common thing which we have in among us is that uh, there is uh, no god except uh, allah almighty there is only one god and um, you know this is how we can unite and uh, you know we can establish peace and uh, brotherhood uh, in in our society amazing uh, thank you very much thank you to all the listeners and um to 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 the producer halim ahmed to the researchers as well soya daniel sabaja sofian ashin malaha mahmood uh, iman mahmood 
very uh, well produced show and um thank you for the tech team as well and uh, to our respected guests who uh, as always take some time out of their busy schedule mm. to uh, grace us at this show uh thank you for joining us uh we will have another live show in the evening at four o'clock join us again and uh that's it from us uh, thank you for listening in uh we will see you soon uh may the peace and blessings of allah mighty be upon you and may there be peace in this world assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh